This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today is Friday, April 3rd, 2020. On this day in 1996, the FBI arrested an infamous domestic terrorist at his cabin in the Montana wilderness. It was the culmination of a 17-year manhunt for a man known as the Unabomber. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today we're covering the arrest of 53-year-old Ted Kaczynski, also known as the Unabomber. Let's go back to a patch of secluded woods near Lincoln, Montana on April 3, 1996. That morning likely seemed like any other to Ted Kaczynski, but it was hard to know what a normal day was to a man like him. For the most part, he kept to himself, speaking to few people, and sometimes spending days at a time in his small, hand-built cabin out in the woods. When neighbors did see Kaczynski, he was almost always dressed the same, either in dark clothes or military fatigues, with dark glasses covering his eyes. Kaczynski liked to do things himself. He was repulsed by modern technology and aimed to be as self-sufficient as possible. That was the reason he'd abandoned an academic career and moved into the small Montana cabin in 1971 at the age of 29. His departure from his teaching position at the University of California, Berkeley, was surprising to his colleagues, who viewed him as a brilliant mathematical prodigy. More shocking was his subsequent commitment to survivalism. He spent much of the next two decades learning how to live off the land. Kaczynski grew his own vegetables, hunted rabbits, and stewed alone with his thoughts. But most of all, he read voraciously. The books taught him everything from how to properly hunt and fish to how to brew his own chemicals. For example, Kaczynski developed a unique, custom adhesive by melting down deer hooves. The more he read, the more Kaczynski grew convinced that the world was burning. He couldn't stand to think about the dangerous pollution pumped into the atmosphere by major airlines and manufacturing corporations. The thoughts made him sick. Almost completely isolated, Kaczynski only really opened up to his brother, David, who lived near his rustic cabin for a time. Finally, after years of complaining about the government, corporations, and environmental damage, 36-year-old Kaczynski decided to do something about it. He would make people listen. And he'd do it with a bang. 
Kaczynski built and delivered a series of bombs between 1978 and 1995. He targeted professors, an airline executive, and a lobbyist for the timber industry. His terrifying, unpredictable attacks ended up killing three and injuring 23 others. The crimes also resulted in the largest, most expensive manhunt in FBI history up to that point. And on April 3, 1996, after 17 years of searching, the agents finally found their man. That day, the agents staked out Kaczynski's small cabin for hours before moving in and swarming the place. Though they'd been wary of booby traps, agents didn't have much trouble catching Kaczynski off guard. Inside his hut, they found all the incriminating evidence they could hope for. He had an original copy of an anti-government manifesto where he claimed to be the Unabomber. His desk was stacked with bomb-making materials and plans. And he had a personal journal detailing each of his attacks. As Kaczynski was dragged away from his property by federal agents, he didn't say much. He'd already gotten his message out, and he was smart enough to know when he was out of options. But he wouldn't stay quiet forever. Coming up, we discuss the aftermath of the Unabomber's arrest and the violent manifesto Kaczynski authored. Now, back to the story. On April 3, 1996, the Unabomber, 53-year-old Ted Kaczynski, was arrested in the middle of the Montana woods. After 17 years of evading police, the quiet eco-terrorist had ironically given away his identity by talking too much. For years, the FBI had devoted every resource they had to catching Kaczynski. But no matter how many times they swabbed his bombs and letters for fingerprints, no matter how many times they tried to trace the source of the chemicals he used in his explosives, they came up with nothing. Kaczynski was a genius, and he was careful. He knew that the more he talked, the more he gave up to the FBI, and the closer he came to getting caught. On the other hand, Kaczynski wasn't just blowing people up for fun. As he steadfastly maintained after his capture, he wasn't mentally ill. He was perfectly sane and understood the consequences of his actions. But he had a political point to make. It was this point that drove Kaczynski to send a 35,000-word manuscript entitled Industrial Society and Its Future to several newspapers in 1995. The essay argued that the industrial revolution and modern technology had created a destructive social order. Kaczynski claimed that the immense superstructure required to keep the system afloat relegated most of human effort to what he termed surrogate activities, which were ultimately unproductive. In his view, if this system was not destabilized over the next century, advances in genetic engineering would effectively enslave the human race. The only solution was to reject modern technology and return to a life of oneness with nature. Kaczynski accompanied his manifesto with a letter to each paper. 
In them, he claimed that if his essay was published, he would halt his terrorism, though he maintained that he reserved the right to mail a single additional bomb after the treatise was released into the world. Editors and authorities were split as to whether they should capitulate to the Unabomber's demands. Ultimately, the paper was published, as federal agents hoped that a reader might recognize the wording and give them a lead on the bomber's identity. And one did. Kaczynski's brother, David, recognized the language in the manifesto almost immediately. He'd had conversations discussing similar ideas with his brother. In early 1996, he had a private investigator secretly monitor Kaczynski to gather evidence and deliver it to the FBI. This evidence eventually led to Kaczynski's arrest in Montana. At his subsequent trial, Kaczynski frequently fought with his lawyers. They wanted to use an insanity defense, while Kaczynski adamantly denied that he was mentally ill. He eventually pled guilty to avoid the death penalty and was sentenced to eight life sentences without possibility of parole. Today, Kaczynski, now 71 years old, continues to serve out his sentences in ADX Florence, a super-maximum security prison in Colorado. In recent years, his ideas have undergone a small revival among environmental and anarchist groups. Some believe Kaczynski's predictions about technology, and especially the state of the environment, were remarkably perceptive. Hopefully, these groups reject the violence which landed Kaczynski in prison, as it's only led to years inside a dank, gray building, miles away from the lakes and mountains he loved. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. To learn more about the aftermath of Kaczynski's capture, check out our episodes of Conspiracy Theories on the Oklahoma City bombing, which was partially inspired by the Unabomber's terrorism. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Aaron Larson, and Joel Stein. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Terrell Wells, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 